You're talking about socialism. No, I'm not. I'm talking about not covering every square inch of populated America with houses and strip malls until you can't even remember what happens when you stand in a meadow at dusk. What, what happens in the meadow at dusk? Nothing. Everything. Everything. Nothing. Everything. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I work for an electrical engineering firm, son, and we do a lot of commercial and residential contracts. And if development stops, so does my paycheck. Then Stephen couldn't be here as our guest, could he? So your ideas hurt Stephen. I'm not hurting Stephen. That's an outrageous accusation. Don't use that tone of voice. Well, I think you started that tone, sir, and I think it's entirely possible for your engineering firm to have jobs for people, preserve open spaces, have contracts, do the... Whoa. What's he doing? Why is he closing his eyes? Do you have a job, Tom? I'm a firefighter. Oh, God bless you. A hero. I'm not a hero. We'd all be heroes if we quit using petroleum, though. Excuse me? You say you're Christians living by Jesus' principles, but are you? Yeah, of course what? we are. Jesus has never mad at us if we live with him in our hearts. I hate to break it to you, but he is. He most definitely is. All right, that, that, I, that's enough. Stephen, I don't know what this is about. Why they're here. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. I did not know. Steve, oh, I'm so disappointed. It's all right. Look, look, he's sad. Look, he's sad. I'm sorry, Steve-o. My bad. You didn't know. You should be ashamed of yourself. I should be what? You should be ashamed of yourself. And why is that? Why should I be ashamed of myself? You're a hypocrite. I'm a what? You're misleading these children. Because you're the destroyer, man. How am I the destroyer? I saw that SUV out there. Oh, oh, my car's the destroyer. You want to know how many miles per gallon I get? Stephen, I really need to ask you a question. It's why I came here. Why are autographs so important to you? It's a pastime with this family. At least they have taught to me. Jack and I'll carry on. It's just for fun. It's for entertainment. No games at the table, please. Yes. 260. And I've reached the Omega level. Destroy, destroy, oh. reach destroy, Omega destroy. level. God gave us oil. He gave it to us. How can God's gift be bad? Well, I don't know. He gave you a brain, too, and you messed that up pretty damn good. I so. want you sons of bitches out of my house now. Greetings and salutations. Hello to everybody out there in the world of society. It's a pleasure to have you aboard for the Cinema 9 Podcast. That's right. It's the episode where we talk about I Heart Huckabees. That will be the focus of our main event, Does It Hold Up? Chosen by Derek Fern, who is our very special guest. Hello, Derek. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Guys, thank you for having me. This is really splendid, I have to say. Um, This is how I talk normally. No, I'm actually really excited. Yeah, like... uh, uh, you know how 20, 2020 was a year of a lot of fun. People had a lot of fun. 
Well, Spotify wraps it up and says, hey, your number one podcast was Cinema 9. Hey! Yeah, nice. So a- I am honored to join you gentlemen today. So thank you. Well, great. Thanks for joining us, Derek. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. We're going to talk with Derek during the whole show. He'll be here the whole time. Of course, our co-hosts are here. All three of us are welcoming Derek at once. Travis Roy, welcome Derek from Hazel Park. Hey, Derek, welcome from Hazel Park. Is has thank you for listening. And also, is it weird like hearing us talk about you as three cushions fan, no lights, no talk, 1030 on the podcast? Uh like you're, you're like you're like doing dishes or driving to work and you're like, uh, oh, they're talking about me on that show again. If I think about it in the context of me listening to a podcast that I find on Spotify, yeah, kind of a little. Um, it's still just us, yeah. But it's you guys, so yeah, it, it's a strange dichotomy, actually. But how am I not myself? How am I not myself? Eric Branstrom, welcome from Griffith, Indiana. Do you know Derek Fern? Yeah, me and Derek go back to tender, more innocent times in our life where we could cuddle on uh, the couch with fifteen <laughs> other gentlemen and watch movies till four in the morning. Yeah. Unless, of course, he got out of Cottage Inn at like 8 o'clock and said, go to bed. I'm here to sleep. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. That's true. Those were those were rough days, you know. Yeah. It's, it's tough being a delivery driver, you know, <laughs> driving it's around all easy. the time. It's not. It's a challenging job. It's hell on the truck. It is. Yeah, it takes its toll. Well, we're glad that Derek joined us for today's show. We're really excited. Uh, the Golden Globes happened over the weekend, too. Did you guys watch those? Anybody? I did. Nope. Oh, Eric <laughs> watched them? <laughs> Wow, you sick bastard. <laughs> Mike, I thought you watched some of them. Didn't you say you did? Well, technically, I tactically watched it, but I didn't like really watch it. I saw it for a second, and then I turned it off because that was you know, the whole thing that happened with that first award, and they couldn't get him on the air. It was just a disaster. I'm like, this is garbage. I don't want to tune in for Zoom. It's amazing that so we can awkward. have... This is like the level that they had, like what you see right here. This is what it was. <laughs> some of it might be better. It was pretty bad. Eric, you watched it, so you could comment on it, Eric. I was happy with the fact that a uh, film I really like, Nomadland, took home best uh, drama. I thought it was just a really unique, wonderful picture. I hope it um, – I'm pretty sure I'd like to, it to win the Best Picture Oscar, too, in my opinion. It's been a weird uh, year for movies uh, in 2020, but that stood out for me. So I was happy that they honored that that picture and a couple of the, the acting roles as well. So, you know, I wasn't upset, but I'm looking more forward to the SAGs and, and the Oscars. We'll see what happens. Oh, fuck it. Yes, well, I don't know if that's the case. And I have to see No Man Land because I want to make, I guess I'll have to see that before the Oscars come out. And we'll do more of like an Oscars preview when those nominations are revealed, which will be pretty soon. Should be any time, right? Like any day now? It's already March. I think it's the 12th, so we'll, we'll, we'll get oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It feels like it comes out after the Globe. So that'll be fun. Cool. Yay. Woohoo. All right. Derek, did you watch the Golden Globes? Yeah, sorry. I can't add anything to this conversation. I did not. No. What were you doing when the Golden Globes were on, do you think? Uh, I have to be honest. I don't even know when they came on. Was it Saturday? Sunday. 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 See? I have no idea. No. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What was I doing? Um, nothing. I was probably doing nothing. Maybe watching golf. I don't know. I'm, I'm really boring. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't. I... Yeah, that's what that feels like. That's your life in that moment. But I'm sure you're having a better, <laughs> probably a more fun than just watching golf. You have a family and you have a wife and children. You guys spend a lot of quality time together. I'm sure. And a beautiful picture we, in that we uh, do. nine room. Oh, thank maybe you. Were, maybe you were just looking at that picture saying, this was a great choice. Does it show it up? Because it looks like a thumbnail on mine. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah. It looked lovely. It's not worth it. But. <laughs> is that the closet? That is the closet. Yes, uh, I, I chose the the best backdrop in the house for this evening's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> At least you didn't use like a shower curtain of like a movie library. Like you were this astute uh, movie genius, like I've been hearing about in the news. No, I, I'm I'm myself. You know. So you're in the I'm corner then. Yeah, no, not, I don't know, but you're in the corner then. Yeah, I'm pretty the window's much in the over corner. there. Yeah, the window's yeah. Are right there. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's everybody looks at it, has uh, got the floor plan of Derek's right. house. Yes. Yeah. Show me all the uh, <laughs> Well, not yeah. You, if you're listening, this is pretty pointless for you. This is really used, you know, probably very boring. Uh, yeah, I lived in Mike, that house once. You I lived, lived in this so house I, in two yeah. of the rooms on the on the upper floor. You were you were uh, a roommate at one point. Oh, that's right. I forgot I switched rooms. <laughs> you I did totally because you thought maybe that. one was going to be warmer than the other, and it just so happens that no, the circulation in my house just kind of sucks. So was it never <laughs> <not so> much? <laughs> never came to fruition. That's right. Yeah, very good. I'm not done. I know this is kind of boring, but what are we? Is that primer back there too, or you just go just the one coat of paint and it's over? <laughs> that, was that eggshell? Uh, uh, I believe it is eggshell. Okay. Yes, it's okay. an off white. Um, right. So it's not bright white. Um, <laughs> I don't Everybody have close your in your mind's eye. Imagine <laughs> oh! an eggshell white wall. <laughs> or tune in to Facebook and watch the live feed. There you go. Or go or back and YouTube. revisit, right? That's right. We're on the YouTube channel. You can check that out as well. Oh, oh, shit my pants, right? Yeah. So we're always there and you can watch the old episodes live if you want to see what Derek looks like and you've <laughs> never seen what he is. For those of you that are unfamiliar with him, you can see this now. What he is. If you're watching it live, He's a or you can That's go back after three cushions. So. It's been a Anyways, well. uh, we got to get to our quarantine move viewing picks. It's that time of the show where people share their quarantine viewing picks of the week. Travis Roy, as always, starts us off. Travis, what have you been watching, and what do you recommend this week? Ooh, um, let's see. I, I actually end up watching. I care a lot without any, without even knowing that Rosamund Pike was nominated for the Golden Globe for it that she won, and uh, I'm glad I didn't know that going in because my expectations would have been unreasonably heightened. Even though I don't really put a lot of stock in the Golden Globes, as I said, still, you know, I'm a person. Um, and, uh, and it was good. It was good. It wasn't great. Um, you know, walk, don't run. To, uh, I care a lot. Uh, I checked out Jason goes to hell, the final fantasy. Okay. Um, my, my journey continues on the Friday, the 13th movie. That one was maybe the trippiest yet. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild. Uh, I checked, out, bullshit. I checked out cut bank from 2014. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching WandaVision and Mark Shakeman or Shekman has only directed one other one other thing well he's directed a bunch of tv shows but he's directed one movie called cut bank with this huge cast he had malkovich and uh actors i don't know it's kind of a forgettable movie i was like <laughs> i was amazed at like how underwhelmed i was by this movie it was, it was just like shakeman's really doing great work am i boring you i'm sorry i'll keep moving on um <laughs> The main thing I've been focused on uh, is I know this much is true. Uh, it's funny. I didn't realize until, um, you know, until what's his nuts? Ruffalo won the other day uh, hmm. for best uh, dramatic actor uh, for, for a miniseries that I had totally read the book that this source material is based on. You know, I, I like I had I lugged this fucking tome, this foot wide long book around for like years and i actually chucked it i remember well, i d donated it right before i right before i moved uh back back from philly and uh 
And then I saw that he'd won for playing twins. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, that. I should probably watch that. <laughs> I've been watching that. I, I didn't quite time it right. I didn't finish it um, in the pod, in time for the podcast. I still got about 40 minutes left to go. But, whoo, yeah, check it out. You know, it's 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 powerful work. Derek C. in France was the perfect person to tackle this material. It's, it's pretty heavy. It's the best I've seen of someone playing two of themselves. I've never seen someone... Um, I mean, like, even like, I think, I think that one of his, you know, he's a grown man playing twins and like one of the twins weighs more than the other. And it's not padding. I don't know if they recorded this shit like months apart or what, but like, I mean, he's like a little doughier as one of them. I mean, and it goes well beyond that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's really a, a feat of acting. So, uh, that would be my main recommendation. Ch- check out. I know this much is true. Is it a true story? No, it is not a true story. <laughs> and the other, the one of the brothers, is it? Is it autism or uh, schizophrenia? Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh man, ballet fan? Yo, big time. Who's not? I love this. <laughs> Who's not? Uh, what's the deal with that Spando ballet? No, uh, <laughs> gosh. See in France is funny because we just did his movie a couple weeks ago. That's so right. that'll be apropos. I'll, I didn't know that was him. So I'll go check that out more now. I was less motivated, but you just motivated me a little bit more now. So that's good. Thank it's you. Definitely, it's definitely got the feel and it has Bruce Greenwood naturally. Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> got All right, been- Eric, Eric Brenstrom. What do you got for us? What's going on, Griffith, Indiana? What have you been watching with your family? You have I a family. backdraft again. <laughs> and uh, Backdraft is a lot of fun, you guys. Uh, it's, well, like, it's the worst well, Ron Howard. You like it? We're, the worst Ron Howard. It's Come in the top the three for the worst Ron Howard. Yeah. Worse than The Grinch. Worse than Ed TV. Worse than The Missing. Worse than Hillbilly Elegy. Shit. I can see Hillbilly Elegy, but yeah, okay, you're right. I'll take it back. I take it back. You're right. Top five worst. Anyway, I enjoy the picture. I, uh, I want to apologize for my rude behavior to director uh, Chris Sanders couple of weeks ago when I was bashing his film called The Wild, The Sight Unseen. <laughs> uh, I ended up taking a look at this on HBO Max. I, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> really? I, I loved Fucking it. Fucking I loved me. it. Right. No, I'm not kidding you. It took me all but it took me all like maybe 15 minutes to get used to the animated uh, animals. And once I did, I realized that there was just so much going on like internally with the animals and how they were reacting to the circumstances, you only really could have done it this way to have the effect that it did. I mean, I love movies where there's real animals, but let's face it. It's like, you can tell they're just dangling like a tennis ball in front of their eyes and you don't really get anything empathetically from them internally. I loved how they did this. Harrison Ford, some of his best work since what lies beneath, in my opinion, that's 20 years. He's got the energy. He's funny. He's merry. He's sweet. Uh, really good role for him. I enjoyed the picture. Um, I also saw I Care A Lot, Travis, the uh, Rosamund Pike. For me, but... uh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but uh, Netflix viewers, beware. Let, let us know what you think. Send us an email because Rosamund Pike gets the Golden Globe for Best Actress. She does also what she can with the role. She plays a good sociopath, but tonally and and script-wise, it wasn't there for me. Um, 
Other than that, I did watch the um, long-anticipated, I missed this for a while, they adapted The Killing Joke, the famous Alan Moore graphic novel, into a film. It's currently oh, the animated on Netflix. Film? Yeah, it's an animated film. Oh, it's sixteen. It's, it's terrible. Good. It's, it's I mean, awful. Uh, it's like so bad. Uh, it's like um, Richie says in History of Violence. How do you fuck that up? This is one of the. Well, they best. added the whole thing, like the extra half hour of they bullshit. Just added, with the, yeah. added the shit out of it, and this they've got this half hour long prologue that adds nothing to the even the thematic elements of the Batgirl character. So I just don't right. know why they did that. And to be frankly, God bless them, but the animation is weak and it looks cheap when it shouldn't have been. Um, so how about, that the, was a, how about that ending? I mean, I don't want no spoilers. I won't get into it, but that ending just—I was just furious. I'm just like, this is fucking awful. Is that the, I mean, I don't, I don't know how true that is. The, I've never read The Killing Joke, but I fucking hated it. So it we're pretty, talk, yeah. yeah, we're talking about when, um, you know, Batgirl becomes Oracle at the, the very, very end. And this is after, you know, Batman and the Joker share a laugh kind of at the music. Yeah, no, after what, they that's, fuck, that's, too. That's don't forget they about. fuck. Yeah. yeah um, they may as well. Batman and Joker may as well just fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always kind of seen... I don't know. I've, for some reason, that always kind of warmed to me for some reason. Um, I mean, we have two insane people, essentially, you know, getting a chance to maybe share just one joke before the fight begins once again. But, yeah, I can see that, Travis. Other than that, you guys, Call of the Wild's the big winner for me. I, <laughs> go figure, man. And I keep saying every episode, as much as I am such a prima donna about movies, I, I got to learn here in 2021 to just, you know, Go in blind and, and you know give give the fucking thing a chance sometimes. Yes, yes, is that's perfect. Learn. That this is perfect for that. This is what you need to do. Do you want to take a leap of faith or yeah. become an old man filled with regret? You don't wait to, to die alone. It'd be awful. Trust me. Take a or chance. Like a Dive into like a movie. Cartoon dog, but yeah. <laughs> take a leap of faith. Go for the gold. That's what I say. Thank you. Uh, I watched uh, this week some trash. I watched I Heart Huckabees, by the way, uh, which we'll talk about for our <laughs> Does It Hold Up segment. Derek, I watched it. I did. So oh, finally, I'd never you. seen it and I took a chance on it. So I thought maybe, you know, <laughs> it was overdue. Those are lies. Yes. I watched. Uh, <laughs> so I watched The Terminal. Whoa. The Spielberg, Tom Hanks, wow. Catherine yeah. Zeta Jones. You You'd know, seen it before, right? I had, yes. It was yeah. not the first viewing. Um, but I hadn't really only seen it one other time. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not a, for having a movie that is just permanently in a, in an airport. It's actually entertaining enough. It could be a lot worse. It really could. I will say that. So it's so, so I would kind of recommend it just to see how they can pull off a whole feature length movie in an airport. Stanley Tucci is always a good time. So that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah Tucci time. It's always Tucci time over here at cinema it's nine podcast. Tucci time. Derek, you ever seen the terminal? Uh, yeah, it's been a long, long time. I saw it once, um, but I feel like maybe Tom Hanks has done something like that in the past. Maybe like where he <laughs> Castaway you know, was just like, oh yeah, yeah, that was the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that's what you. Yeah, hey, Tom Hanks is stuck somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Except this time, there's and, people. And for some reason, his this acting time he is has mail. good, so you pay attention. Yeah. This time he has saltines and ketchup packets. We'll do. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah, so maybe check that out if you want to, but I uh, love Tucci. I just love Tucci's fun. He's just so so wonderful. He's a he's a treat for all of us. Yeah, yeah I'm really looking forward to Supernova. I was gonna I almost pulled the trigger the other day, so if anyone does, let me know. Yeah, I'm not ready to drop twenty dollars on it, but I'm ready to watch it. 
Yeah, you guys are always ahead of me with this stuff. I don't know where to rent things. Um, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, where's my internet button? Shit. Uh, is this on Channel 2 or 4? Which one is it, guys? Is this, this, this Sunday? No, Mike, it's 2021. I, the only thing about the terminal is, why did they have to make up a fake country? Like, why couldn't it be a real country? <laughs> they didn't want to offend anybody, I guess. I just don't understand <laughs> that. Like, Isn't it based on a true story anyway? Yeah, it, it's, it yeah. They took an original story and obviously exaggerated a bunch of it. but Baffling. That would have been more, I actually would have been a little more intrigued if they just would have gone with the authentic story. Instead, I got to have Tom Hanks put on this accent of some Eastern European country, Caucasia, which doesn't exist, so whatever. Cancel it. Oh, it would be, I don't know if it would be made today. That's actually a fair point. I watched The Squid and the Whale. I think I texted you guys about that. Uh, I hadn't watched it in a good six to seven years. It had been a while for me. Oh, so. that was surprising. Yeah, it was a long time for me. Uh, it was good to check back in and see the jizz scenes, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I turn a, I turn away. I right. actually turn away when he wipes the semen on the library books. It like just bummed me out. It was too graphic for me, which I love graphic stuff. But it's so graphic. I'm so glad they put it in the movie, though. It makes me happy. And that part I will always think fondly of. Um, and Jeff Daniels has such a great beard in that movie. Such a good beard. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great beard. Beards are key. Uh, yeah, and did you know that... Uh, so Bombeck was uh, really tight with Uma Thurman's dad, who was like this philosopher at uh, Columbia. He taught at Columbia and taught philosophy and stuff. And that's how they kind of, I guess a lot of uh, the movie is based off some of that stuff, which is interesting. I hadn't. Oh, is it an that. existential comedy along the lines of I Heart Huckabee's? Oh, wait a minute. That's what I'm doing. God damn it. I'm mixing up my Iron Heart Huckabee's trivia with my Squid in the Wheel trivia. <laughs> Shit. Oh, really? <laughs> I was yeah. just kidding, but that makes Yeah, no, you just, you're right. Good. I fucked it up. God damn it. Just disregard <laughs> what I just said because it's about I Heart Huckabee's. It's about I Heart Huckabee's. It's like an idiot. The Thurman thing is true, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I watched the program, a football movie from the 90s. And uh, I'm always a sucker for a. This is actually a really well done movie about college football and how fucked up it is it's actually ahead of its time and everything that's in it this is in 1993 the movie was made i remember going to theater with chad williams i saw it with him me and chad sat down eighth grade watched the program and everything in it is very accurate it's like it predicted the future it already was the reality of a lot of these players who get totally ripped off by their programs and make all this money and you know steroids and rape and players getting injured, losing millions. All that stuff is true, and it's James Conn's great. I, after we watched Bottle Rocket, I wanted to check out some other Conn stuff I hadn't watched in a while, so that's why I threw it on. He's an excellent, of all the football coaches in movie history, like Al Pacino, James Conn. Uh, oh, I don't know. There's probably Christy somebody Swanson? else. I might have to. Uh, yeah, well, she's one of my all-time favorite. Uh, you know, I love her dearly. I've always loved Christy Swanson. I always thought she Joey was kind of underrated. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a good crew, a good cast in there. Uh, the guy who plays the quarterback, though, is a no-name guy who disappeared from this earth, so it's kind of weird. But I would recommend the program. It's actually pretty still. It's like there. It's still relevant. It's a solid film. And uh, I watched The Nice Guys, which oh, was Shane Black. I love The Nice Guys. I it's love very The Nice good. Guys. You guys both liked it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. You did not see it. Is that you're shaking your head? No. For those of you that can't hear on the podcast, he's shaking his head. So. No. Well, Derek and Eric sound very similar. No, I have not seen that. Oh, movie. Fern. Yeah, Fern and you can call me Fern. Yeah. I'll use nicknames. You're right. Sorry about that. It's yeah. shorter than you know three cushions fan. 
No lights. No, <laughs> no talk. No lights. 10:30. No, no farts. <laughs> Some farts. Yeah. There might be. Yeah. The occasional is okay. I mean, as long as it's not like overdone, you know. An addendum <laughs> to the nickname. Cushions <laughs> <laughs> fan. No lights. No talk. So you, 10:30. Some farts. So you never Minimal saw the nice farts. guys. Fern never saw the nice guys. Fern has not seen it. Yeah, I don't think you miss them much. They, these guys liked it, but I don't know. It was, it was like Gosling and Russell Crowe. You're like, oh, this could be fun. It's 70s period piece, but eh, I, I kind of like it because it's, um, you know, I've only seen it the one time, but I, it kind of made me think of Pineapple Express as in this like buddy yeah. movie that does things that you're not quite expecting a buddy movie to do. And you're like, this is this is kind of defying some tropes here. This is taking me places that, you know, that, that I wouldn't have expected it to take me and I, and I, I like it for that reason that is true i will agree with you and give you full credit for that it does it's different they're like two kind of fuck-ups but they're like buddies together but i just thought the chemistry between them was awful i guess that was one of the things that ruined it for me i, I didn't think, think it was yeah. that great between gosling and russell crowe i was like eh seems like russell crowe was barely there to be honest with you but you know hey that's how it goes yeah, but I, I uh, if you guys liked it, I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, I watched The Cooler with Bill Macy, uh, where you get to see his ball sack. How is Bill? <laughs> you get to see Bill Macy's. They make a purposeful effort to pan they that, really you know, scroll down from the happy face of Maria Bello and Bill Macy down to his ball sack they covered really by her bare hands. So I don't know why, but they did. So it's in the movie. Beautiful. Yeah. It's honest. Beautiful. <laughs> 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 the cinematography on that ball sack I mean, <laughs> so well lit i mean like yeah it's just glowing incredible incredible pan what a pan wow uh it's like that ball sack shot interesting film though if you've never seen the cooler i'd like to recommend it to you this week uh it's an interesting film you know baldwin bill macy ron livingston uh maria bello of course and it's uh Kind of a fantasy, but it's not. It's a very strange mix of certain elements. So there you go. That's what I would recommend this week. Uh, Derek Fern, our very special guest. What would you recommend, offer suggestions for this week? Does it have to only be recommended? Because No, you could just tell us whatever you want. Just say what, It's your time. I've this is your moment films. on the show. Some, yeah. some films. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, the movie I watched last night. Um, was scrolling through Netflix, you know, not really pleased with any of the choices that I'm seeing. You know, I've seen that, don't want to see it. You know, I care a lot, keeps coming up. And I don't know, I think I'm going to wait on that after, uh, you know, what, what I've heard here this evening. Um, so I stopped on Stranger Than Fiction. Um, oh, okay. Love it. Well, all right. And it had been many years since I'd watched it. You know, it was one of those movies that, the you know, the first time I saw it, I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. You know, like who expected Will Ferrell to do like a more dramatic role, you know, but still have, you know, comedy, but not like over the top in your face, like, you know, ball sack, beer drinking comedy. <laughs> well, it's coming um, off old school and uh, yeah. Anchorman. So yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, like that, that kind of like difference that like change that switch, you know, like mm -hmm. really resonated with me. So I was like, you know what the, um, what the hell, you know, it's kind of got some of those like science fiction elements that I like in movies. So, I revisited that and uh um yeah if you haven't seen stranger than fiction i mean highly recommend it i love that movie it was awesome 
Uh, I remember thinking that it was going to be like a big signal change for him, that it was going to be like that it would send his career in this like this kind of Jim Carrey trajectory and that he yeah. would do all this more like it, like heavier work. And no, eh, not so much. Yeah. No. But yeah, yeah it's like the, like the shining gem, I think, of his his career up to that point, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, the comedy is um, pretty good. Wow. I mean, but whatever. Yes. Yeah. I saw yeah. that in theater, by the way, Derek. I saw it. I remember seeing it in the theater. The, Eric, our old favorite theater, the Goodrich over there, where we saw Lincoln. Yeah, so good times. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I, I tried to watch the killing of a sacred deer. Oh, couldn't get through it, huh? Couldn't get through it. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a I, tough couldn't. Minute, but... I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I'm gonna revisit it. The fucking kid. That the fucking kid. kid. The kid. What is up with that? the kid? Fucking spaghetti, okay. man. Yeah, he's good. He's good. But it's so awkward and yeah. like it makes your skin crawl watching like, the interaction between him and, and, and Colin Farrell. Like yeah. it, it's so like it's like you feel the uncomfortableness yeah. of it. So I mean, I like for that reason, like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Because that's clearly some good acting and directing and, and the chemistry there. But the entertainment value suffers. Yeah. I, just, I, I think it was the mood I was in. I'm like, I can't I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what I changed it to, but it was definitely something much lighter than that. Um, Too many cooks. Um, so I watched Ava. Has anybody seen Ava? Okay. No, dude, I'll watch Jessica Chastain do the laundry for six straight hours, but I missed that one. What? She is an ass no. kicker. Like, if you want a movie that's just straight, I I mean, no holds barred, no changes, no major twists, just action film, highly recommend it. I mean, if you look it up on Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb right now, um, they're going to say it's a fucking terrible movie, but I completely disagree. Like, the entertainment value... I think overcomes, you know, some of the, you know, maybe the shortfalls of of the movie itself. Well, Christ, um, you got Gina Davis, John Malkovich, Colin yep. Farrell. What, what Dude, the fuck? Hold on, I have to say, there's a fight scene with Malkovich in it, and it is phenomenal. Like he's like fighting somebody like decades younger than him, and <laughs> I don't know if it's the way it's shot or if there's a body double or what, but it is badass. So for that alone, <laughs> I recommend it. Um, wow. just, right. Despite, you know, the terrible reviews and, and whatever, there's some scenes in there that are, that are pretty powerful, to, to be perfectly honest. Um, your butts. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Um, so I, I did listen um, the last few episodes. It's a movie that has come up a couple of times. I believe there was some some crying selfies involved <laughs> between some members yes. of the cast here. Yes. Uh, my occupus. Oh my God. Teacher. Oh, wow. Come on. Oh my God. Did you cry? Dude, my wife and I were both like, babies. Oh, it's so good though. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I mean, I, I always seen thought octopuses one now. Were, were pretty cool but, and you know amazing creatures, but after that movie, I'm just like, holy shit! Uh, they maybe are aliens from another planet, and they're better oh, than us. Oh shit! I got you good, you fucker. I got you, you good. Need... I, I am not seeing okay. it. I'm the last one now. I need to see that. I, Dude, I'm watch it. It's to... so good. What am I waiting for? Where are I don't you know. For? Why We're are you? Why it. are you holding back in life? I don't. I don't Allow yourself this documentary. <laughs> I want to be part of things. <laughs> 
All right, and uh, one last movie. I'll, I'll just kind of round it out with this. Uh, there, there's a reason, like, I was initially going to pick this movie, and, and I didn't, um, based on the fact that I watched it um, uh, right before I was supposed to make a pick. So, uh, lucky number 11. I respect I, that. Uh-oh! I, I, I love that movie. I love that movie. It's Branch of Fist. I love that movie. I, I <laughs> Part of me is kicking myself for not for not bringing it to the table and putting it on the show, but uh, uh, I made my choice and uh, I'm sticking with it because I hadn't seen it recently. So does it hold up? You got to go back and revisit it. So this movie I had seen recently, but uh, if you haven't seen Lucky Number Eleven, I highly recommend it. Like big badass names in the movie. It, I think it's good good direction. I mean, some people are confused by the backdrops um, and the wallpapers. Um, based on some of the things I've I've read online, uh, uh, it's a very some very busy backgrounds in the movie. But I think the acting is phenomenal. <laughs> busy backgrounds. Busy backgrounds. If you've seen the movie, um, you can't really miss movie. them. Yeah, busy you can't really miss the them. Movie. Yeah, busy backgrounds. So that's what I got. That's that, that's what I've been watching uh, most recently in the last couple of weeks. So no. you know, I got I got two kids. So. Um, I watch films when I can um, after they're in bed. So I mostly talked about the ones I could finish before falling asleep myself. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you, dude, I think you did well in picking uh, uh, I Heart Huckabees. I mean, Lucky Number 11, I, I've seen it. I, I feel like there's probably a lot more to unpack and talk about with I Heart Huckabees. So I think I think you made the right call. Yeah, and that's partially why I went with it, too. Now, I don't give a damn who you are. <laughs> Someone doesn't care who we are. I don't even know who that was. Oh, you know who this is? Come on. Eric knows who this is. I don't give a damn who you are. I have no clue what this is, Michael. Oh, it's Eric. McDowell from Coming to America. I don't give I've, a damn I've who you are. I've never seen Coming to America, and I understand the sequel. Jesus Christ. I cannot I've believe that. that. I think we All covered right, that once. Oh, yeah, that you know, blew my mind. Wow. It's time. It's time. You, haven't, you still haven't seen Friday either, right? Nope. Oh, that's right. Get your ass to Mars, man. Come on. Watch, watch these two perfect watch examples of, of classic Black American cinema. I've got uh, four more seasons of Dawson Creek. After those are done, I'm going to watch this. Uh... You got, you got to finish Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I got three more seasons. Fucking podcast. Yeah, Pacey's pissed. He just <laughs> broke good. up with Wonderland. Oh my god, coming to <laughs> no, America just, and Friday. Wow, classic American cinema, man. I mean, just yeah. both those movies are just prime comedy that you know obviously might not hit you the same way they hit us because we you know grew up with them at this point i know how that goes with well that's partly what took me so long to watch um do the right thing it's like you start to feel like well maybe this is like you know i'm too i'm the boat I'm, the boat missed me or i missed it like it's like over it's not too late know. for coming to america it's not too late man it's a, <laughs> no. it's, it's a funny film i think you're gonna enjoy it like it's it also on. a rated r comedy eric which is a john landis i think i don't know what the fuck is wrong with yeah me. it's you've seen trading it, places right no. <sighs> Wait, what? Is I've this never true? seen Trading Places or Coming to America. You have an anti-Eddie Murphy movie. thing? Is that oh, what Any movies from the 80s? I just missed them, man. <laughs> Rated R, man. I told you, man. Hey, you're a grown okay. man now. It's time. Yeah, these are movies to revisit. I, I, I second the opinions on here. Yeah, right, for sure. Dude, back. Trading Places is so good. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's make that happen at some point. Uh, maybe we'll force you to do it if we don't hear from you soon. I wouldn't mind picking one of those. Uh Okay, thank you, Mr. Fern. That was really well Great, done. Thanks. That was for a guest. I gotta say, that was very well organized. Good job, man. Thank you. Yeah, I made, I made notes. Again, I yeah, made my notes. let's let's before the show even ends, let's start commentating on your appearance right now. 
Uh oh, nah, we don't need to do that. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, this is Cinemon <laughs> Podcast. Don't forget. You can send us an email on Derek Fern's thoughts and his movie recommendations, cinema9pod at protonmail.com. It's been six months since we've had an email. Yeah, I was going to say, please, please don't send us any emails. Don't break our streak. It's been months and months and months since anyone has sent us any emails. Just, just leave us be. Thank you. Yes, that, you're right. Let's just look, keep things the way they are. Come on by and just say things like Steve Floyd is saying right here. Eric, leave now and watch these movies. So... If Laskowski says it, it should be done. All right. So don't forget, you can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you want. Um, that was very nice. We got some ratings recently. Some people rated us. So thank you. It was very kind of you. But we still welcome more five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And if you have a negative opinion of the show, I suppose you're entitled to that. But maybe maybe just do something else. instead. <laughs> Write it down like on a piece of paper. And put yeah. it in a Send us hate email. Stay off Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Do it a, a common wise strategy in your life. Never send the email right away. So practice it. You know, write yeah. the draft first. On Wait it. on it. See if you Cl- steal. Yeah, sleep on Close it. Close your eyes sleep. and meditate and think and imagine chopping us up with machetes. If that calms <laughs> down, <laughs> then you're dead. about killing us. Sleep on it. This is was it disassemble. What do they call it? Disassemble or dis- <clears throat> what they call this process? In, in the movie? Dismantle, 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 dismantle us. Yes, right here, like this. Right there. If you can see the live stream, you can start uh, dismantling. You don't know where Christ. Dustin Hoffman's nose ends and space and time begins. All right. There's so, even yes. smaller cracks this in between. Right. So it's a never ending debate. So, let's get into it. This time for our Does It Hold Up segment, the 2004 film called I Heart Huckabees. Not I Love Huckabees. I, I heart. heart. Like Our Heart Radio, which is awful. Bang. We mashed locust and made bread. Uh, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I, I thought we were going to talk about petroleum. Mrs. Echevarria visits us once a year from Spain. She's a sort of a little treat for her clients, a kind of spiritual petty for, something that would be useful for you to be accustomed to. Yeah, a real treat. And um, you have received your answer. Senorita. The petroleum situation was not created by nature like the drought or the olives or any of that. It was created by people, and this is the facts, it was created by people who act like nothing's happening and that's causing all the problems. No, 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 Tommy, one question only, okay. uno. Here's the question. No, no, I think well, you've, I had your, know. you've had your and question senorita, and the answer, Forget Tommy, all about petroleum. Senora is tired. Yes, senorita, why? The people only ask themselves deep questions when something really bad happens. Then they forget all about it after, right? How come people are self-destructive? And third, I refuse to use petroleum. But there's no way I could stop its use in my lifetime, is there? No. I mean, Jimmy Carter would have a great electric car by now. I could have a Cadillac Escalade that would be electric. Tommy, that is I wouldn't have to ride on my bicycle. That is three questions. Well, I paid my money and I want a fucking answer, so just give me a second, okay? I know, dear boy. We wanted you to meet Albert. I thought you said next week. Well, it turns out he could use a connection sooner than later. Tommy has been working with us since that, the big September thing. Uh, he's going to be your other. What, what is it exactly? No, like a buddy system, I think. When we dismantle, it can get kind of rough, and it, it helps to have a friend going through the same. Some people made the mistake and said, it's I love Huckabees. That's not what it was. It's I people are wrong. Huckabees. Wrong! Wrong! So, 
Derek chose this movie, so Derek, why don't you lead us off? You can tell us why you chose this movie. And, but no, no, you can tell us why if you want to, or you save that for later. But at least take us back in time. When was the first time you saw it? You know the whole spiel. So yes, I do. Um, well, I mean, for me, just to kind of give a little history on why I chose what I chose, I kind of hinted at it with Lucky Number Eleven. Um, so I had seen that recently, so I was like, meh. I wanted to to revisit a movie that. I enjoyed thoroughly when I was younger. And this was one of those movies. Uh, you know, Jason Schwartzman was kind of the cool offbeat comedy dude for the time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't even remember how I saw it first. Like, I think it was recommended. I definitely didn't see it in the theaters, but someone was like, because for those that don't know, I went to Michigan State University and I have a philosophy degree. So for those of you that don't know, for yeah, those of you that you aren't aware, know. I'm sure, you know, Laskowski, maybe Chad, are you still there? Um, so, <laughs> we do have listeners outside of our friend base, and those of you who are listening now, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I went to school for philosophy, and this is a philosophical movie, and existentialism is, is it's, you know, one of those branches of philosophy. It's relatively new. It came about in the 19th and 20th centuries, and um, it was actually one of my favorite topics of you know one one of my favorite branches of philosophy in college so i don't even remember who told me to watch it i i might have watched it in jimmy's basement um for the first time thank you chad i'm glad you're still here with us um but i just remember it resonating with me because at that point in time that's what i was studying was philosophy and i mean who doesn't love a a, a good laugh you know uh, so this movie kind of had it all. It was kind of making fun of the fact that us. Are... Yes. Yeah. For those of you that forgot what a laugh sounds. This like. is what it sounds like. <laughs> what is that bizarre noise? I, I believe it's a it's... cocktail party. Yeah. Is Ooh. That, uh... What? I don't, was it? I don't remember those. Is yeah, it flamingos? Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's not so it was a movie that resonated with me back then. I hadn't visited it in a while. I thought it would be fun to talk about to kind of dive into some of these uh, philosophical things without getting too deep. Because um, I will not go as deep as I probably could um, and bore not just you guys, but also the um, scores of listeners. So Scores. We have dozens. dozens. We have <laughs> scores. We might have scores. I think we, we do. Dozens. Actually, download-wise, we do have scores. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yay! Uh, Derek, by the way, don't hold back. You can say whatever you want. If we decide to cut you off, that's another thing. But you can feel free to express yourself. This is your this is your platform. I ask uh, you to rein it in. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not like to Mike. I'm going to ask you to repress your inner self and okay. yes, keep it yes, over there. I'll just like hunch my shoulders. And... <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, don't hold back. I, tell me I didn't read stacks and stacks of content came over nothing. Please. we got to have a conversation <laughs> here. Ooh. Well, Bye. I hope you did it. Damn you, fun. All right, yeah. uh, Tra Travis. Uh, yes. Do you remember hi. the first time you saw this film? Yeah. Hi. Do you remember Hello. the first time you engaged with this movie? Uh, yeah. I I, I vaguely do. I know. I, I remember I saw it in theaters. Um. Oh. D David O. Russell was someone that I was like, you know, I was aware of at that time, but he he wasn't. I mean, I'd seen like Flurry with Disaster and Three Kings, but he wasn't like someone whose name I quite knew. Like where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go see that new David O. Russell movie. It wasn't quite like that yet, but it looked quirky enough. I liked. I liked. Um. You know, I like all. I liked the cast. The the cast was promising to me, and uh, you know that John Bryan score 
is so good. Um, you know, we so talked about good. him with the Eternal Sunshine, and, and I remember that being a selling point to me, even in the uh, previews, being like, "Oh, this, you know, this, this, this is a movie directed. Oh, so this is very much made for you know bearded men in flannel. So I'm going to be checking <laughs> this one out." And uh, and I watched it, and I and I very much loved it. I, I believe I had a poster. Like I, I feel like I say that about every fucking movie, but I've had a lot of movie posters up in my life. Um, and uh, you know, I felt like it was a thinking man's comedy that not everybody got. But I, I, it meant a lot to me, and I liked it quite a bit. And I felt that way for a good amount of time, and then I just kind of, you know, moved on and kind of not forgot about it. But it's, it, I think it was a great sh- uh, re- um, pick for this show because it's a classic one where it meant a lot to us, or to a lot of us, certainly to me. Uh, you know, and I've watched it a lot, and it had been a long time since I've seen it, and I was due to wa- uh, watch it and see if it holds up. Recall, recall, recall. Do you recall Eric Branch from the first time you saw this movie? By the way, David O. Russell calls this movie his midlife crisis film. So. You don't say. Um, yeah. <laughs> I saw this picture in 2004 in theaters. And one thing I really remember about its release is the marketing campaign was bonkers. They, they weren't telling you anything about what it was about. It was just these strange little clips of Naomi Watts. Uh, so I was there on opening night in the front of the theater because, as you well know, if Naomi Watts is on screen, I go into a blank state of hypnotic. <laughs> I go in catatonia. I can't even think straight. This woman is so beautiful. So in 2004, I was there. I had no clue who David O. Russell was. I was a fan of Three Kings, but I didn't really put two and two together. Um, I hated it in theaters. I was pissed. I remember complaining and bitching about it all night. We had to do like, <laughs> the whole like after movie coffee and pie thing. I forget who I was with, but I, I fucking could not stand it. So I've been dreading this moment as much as I love the legendary Derek Fern. I've been dreading this past week. So, what's that from again? That's a movie you don't know. (laughs) So yeah, I didn't. didn't So yeah, I've never cared for the picture. So you know, I was interested to see what I would. Legendary is a bit much, but thank you, Eric. Wow, that is beautiful. Um. I actually never saw Three Kings till way later. Like, I totally missed Three Kings. I remember not being interested in it for some reason, but I love flirting with disaster. And I honestly can't recall when the first time I saw I Heart Huckabees, though. But whatever, and whenever that was, I wish I knew. I definitely didn't see it in the you theater. Saw it relatively early in the game, because you and I used to walk around saying, how have I not myself, early on. Right. Like- by two, When we were in a band together in 2009, we named a song, How Am I Not Myself? So clearly, by that time, I had definitely Well engaged. before that, even. I, mean, I remember, I remember like... Um, I feel, I feel like well before that, we were walking around saying it. I'm just saying, that's a guarantee right there. Yeah, so definitely I, by that point. Yeah, I feel like I watched it at, around the... Uh, once again, the Henry Street era when I had the Blockbuster online and I was just pounding movies. I definitely absorbed it probably somewhere along those lines, around 2005 or six, the latest... Anyways, yeah, and it really hit me. I was like, oh, this movie is <laughs> hilarious. And Absorbed it, like, as through osmosis. Yes, it just <laughs> became a part of me, and I I had the totally opposite effect that uh, Eric had, but I was quite aware of some very, very divisive thoughts on this film from a lot of different angles, so we could dive into some of that now. Uh, Derek Fern, did you know what this movie was rated on IMDb? Did you look it up, or you have a guess? Uh I, I did so. Uh, oh, spoiler am, alert! Anybody want to take allowed. a chance? You're not allowed. Sorry. I'm gonna guess six point six. Yeah, I was thinking maybe six point seven. Yes, I look too. So I will set this out with you, Fern. 
6.6 on the nose. Wow. We got a winner. I had to have seen it. Nice. That's too dead on. I had to have seen it and forgot. Well, you guys both said 6.6 six, and 7, so clearly you guys were both really tight on that. Uh, as far as the critics and the people, 75% for the audience on RottenTomatoes.com, the authority, the final movie authority, and 63% from the critics. So just fresh. 63 is still fresh, but not that fresh. Might be a couple days old. I don't know. Maybe you want to throw it away eventually, but uh, or give it to someone who needs food um, regardless. One of those of- ugly vegetable <clears throat> places. Or <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and as far as the critical reviews, uh, there's a healthy dose. A lot of people weighed in on this film, so there's 10 Desin? pages of reviews. Dessen? Uh, I'm sure we're going to find Dessen as I will make our way through. I like to go in cold on the reviews so I don't have any bias beforehand. Uh, let's Schwartz. try this one. Dennis Schwartz. No, we, no, not Dennis Schwartz. Let's not do that. How about <laughs> Joe Blow? Yeah, fuck Dennis Schwartz. <laughs> Joe Blow. Joe Blow movie. Very popular movie network on YouTube. A different kind of motion picture. One that challenges the status quo and gives audiences a skewed view on the typical. Hear, hear. He said hear, hear at the end. Okay. No, I thought here. you were. Oh, I yeah, you, I thought you were writing that. Yeah. Oh, that was part of the review. It really was. Okay. Hear, hear. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would I never. why you did that. Never ad lib a review. I would not do that. I hope uh, you guys understand. But <laughs> by the way, here, here, is it H E R E or H E A R? Because I could see it going both ways. You know, like here, here, I'm here for you, or I hear you, here, here. You know, I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I would, now that I would, you, now that you I bring would, it up, I'm gonna guess that it's here. H e a r because they would you know they'd always say oye oye and that means but that mean doesn't that mean here here uh, so I think you're right yeah that makes sense that's my guess uh, Jack, <laughs> Jack Garner of the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle which is just a terrible name uh, it's nearly impossible long. to too this long yeah too up. wordy we move on to the next one We're already, we've already spent too much time on this one. <laughs> It's nearly impossible to sustain such flaky weirdness for 105 minutes. But they That's do. A negative Ooh. review. But they do. That so, was negative? Oh. Well, he thought it was. He gave it two out of five stars. Flaky weirdness doesn't sound complimentary. <laughs> yeah. I think like if I asked for like a little flaky weirdness on the side with my meal, I, you know, someone would certainly serve me something untasteful. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I think he's sense? right. I think that does make sense. Dessen Thompson of the Washington Post at the time, on October 8th, 2004. Theirs, T-H-E-I-R-S, theirs is too painfully forced. From the movie's thin premise to its ideas about what's funny. Hoffman in a Beatles wig? Question mark? That wig is rough, man. Uh, it didn't bother me in the, the early 2000s, but it was very distracting on this viewing or haircut or whatever is going on there. It's I mean, it looks like he, he looks like those uh, like a Duplo. What are they called? Like the 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 not Lego, but the other Duplo. ones, the right? Ones, and, and they got the, like the flat and flat heads with the things. That's what he looks like. <laughs> like, his, like it looks like it could just come right off of his head, which explains <laughs> a lot if it's a fucking wig. I didn't. Wow. Funny. I didn't think about it at all. But let's wrap this segment up with this. Carrie Ricky says a head scratcher, period. And then Roger Ebert says the movie is like an infernal machine that consumes all of the energy it generates, saving the last watt of current to turn itself off. It functions perfectly within its constraints, but it leaves the viewers out of the loop. Two out of four stars. What? Yeah. <laughs> it really jacks you up. It fires you up, but it kind of leaves you out of the loop. Like we're 
not in on the gag or the act or the understanding? Which I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't. Uh, that seems like a harsh criticism from from my perspective. But I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I I, I do kind of get the feeling. Like I, I I wondered as I was watching the movie how it felt to make the movie, especially a lot of the stuff that would have been green screen, like the dismantling stuff and like a lot of the Huckabee's commercials. And like I just kind of like find myself wondering, like, what do they think this movie is going to look like as they're doing this? Like, and some of these, and we we'll get into it, I'm sure. But like we know there was some some background drama. Uh, I can only imagine some of these scenes, like in some of these offices and stuff, were just, just like these very lengthy, like you know, days and upon days of like people stuck, like in a fucking time warp, like repeating the same fucking lines over and over again, because both the 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 script calls for it and the director is demanding it. It's got to just get like so, like it's I could it just sounds like a fever dream. I don't know. Well, let's just talk about it then. Yeah, there's the whole classic thing that was sent out about three years after the movie was made. Lily Tomlin and David O. Russell, this huge explosion in a scene where they're in the office. And Lily Tomlin said that she doesn't think of, like, those transgressions. Like, she didn't have a problem with it. Like, honestly, based on what yeah, he, I read. He was, like, calling her the C word and stuff, and she, like, doesn't have, like, she didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, her, her thought was these types of professional transgressions, which are like over the line to some, is not a problem for her. That's not so there was other scenes that were cut out of the movie entirely where a car scene where like there was this huge blow up between her again and other people in the movie. So it seems like this maybe that's how Lily operates too. I don't know enough about any other behind the scenes stuff, but this movie in particular with all the intense, repetitive, deep analysis going on. Maybe it did bring that up. And that was also partly why I was thinking about it too, is like, obviously he was really married to this material. So like, I can only imagine how it would feel to have him like, like this is like screaming personal to him. Like, um, like it's gotta be, uh, to Russell, you mean, know. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, to, yeah. to Russell. Um, so it just seems like it'd be a weird work experience, I guess, for a lot of these actors, I guess that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I have the DVD copy because um, oh. I'm old school, and uh, <laughs> I made it through almost uh, one of them. But there's two uh, director commentaries. Well, one's with just David O. Russell, and then there's one with him and Mark Wahlberg and uh, Schwartzman. Um, Schwartzman. Yeah, I watched that one. Right. So, and, and I know at one point I watched both of them because you know I, I I'm I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to those kind of things. You know, like if I really like a movie, I want to know everything about it. So at one point I watched both of them, but yeah, you, you can tell just from his personal um, commentary where it's just him, where he almost felt like he had to, like he at one point he even says it, like I had to do a separate director's commentary with just myself because, you know, Mark and I have become such good pals and, you know, messing around with the actors. Like there was more that I wanted to put out in the world, I guess, about this film. So that's there. Yeah, I mean, a lot has been said about the uh, the conflict on set. At the end of the day, for me, even if you are, uh, uh, you know, a visionary filmmaker with what exactly what you want in mind, my acting teacher used to tell me that a parrot could recite lines. It's what you bring to the role. So in this instance, I believe Lily Tomlin was trying something that David O. Russell didn't necessarily agree with. So he flips out on her, tells her she's wrong, calls her a cunt. That's uh, inappropriate, uh, to say the least, in my opinion. And 
while I'm glad they kind of worked through it, I mean, artists are passionate, but that's inexcusable. And yeah. it, it almost may be kind of almost even not want to watch the film and sit this point out, uh, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't blame you. She doesn't really have a beef with it, though, either. That's the thing. It's uh, reading what her comments were. That's I mean, well, I mean, she doesn't have to for for anyone else to have a problem with it. You know, I mean, it's but, I mean, like it, it's it's just it's just unprofessional. I mean, it's beyond unprofessional for a male boss to call his female co-worker that word at work. I don't care what the fuck you're building together. Like, I'm not, I don't know if he's necessarily her boss. I mean, I don't know if, if that's a good comparison. Yeah, that's, still, that's like, what I'm saying. It's a collaboration. A I mean, like, it's, but yeah, it's still, they are co-workers. They're collaborators. It's it's a job. And, and, and like, nothing is so important that to, to necessitate or excuse that kind of behavior. Is it going to make me not want to watch the movie? Not me personally. I'm still going to watch the movie. I don't care. But I mean, like, it, but it's inexcusable. But okay, and then I, let's move on. I mean, there's prof- yeah. <laughs> I see this world. There's it's a profession. So if there if it is a profession, then yes, there has to be professional standards. And at the same time, art doesn't always have professional standards, but this is. So I I just think uh, trying to split hairs between hey we're open and we're just gonna be free as fuck. And if I call you a cut, that's just how it goes. So like, eh, that's not really how we do things in this world. Maybe you want to go to like another place to make your movies. That's so I, I see that being fair. But the point I screwed up earlier, I just want to clarify about the Thurman bit. So Thurman, yes, Thurman's father, Uma Thurman's Robert Thurman was a professor at Columbia who taught metaphysics and he was a really well-respected guy. And it was a mentor of David O. Russell. He took classes with him and this is part of his experience. The part I screwed up earlier in the show was Noah Baumbach was not that guy, but Noah Baumbach's father got in a car accident with Laura Linney at an artist retreat years before that. That was the correct trivia, and I wanted to make sure that was clear because I just couldn't live with myself otherwise. So thank you. Okay, so <laughs> this movie has some killer... I had to get that cleared. And then the band recorded the self-titled album at Sammy Davis Jr.'s house that was once Judy Garland's house. Yes! See? (laughs) I'm telling you. So this is a killer cast, man. I want to talk about the cast. Mark Wahlberg obviously has a lot of experience with David O. Russell now. You have Three Kings and The Fighter and this movie. And I may say something else, but uh, so they work together. They have collaborations. Schwartzman, American Hustle was not Mark Wahlberg. But in the end... I really think this is Mark Wahlberg's like finest performance. I'm not kidding you. I really, this is his best fucking work. I've thought of all the movies I've seen him in. And sometimes I don't know if we even, how people feel about him. Like think he's a good actor or not. He's just a face. He was just a body, you know, once upon a time. I don't even know. We'll get to those opinions, I suppose. But I just, I'm going to confidently say this is the best Wahlberg performance in any movie. And that's how I feel about it. And even that, I love Boogie Nights. I love Boogie Nights, but I love the movie itself more than his performance, which is also good. It's also very good. That's so. bold. Mark Wahlberg. It is good. Was my, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg was the only real part I liked in this film. I thought the performance was fantastic. He <laughs> delivered his lines. Uh, they, they actually made me laugh. So, yeah, I'll agree with you, Mike. It's way up top three Wahlberg for me easily. What do you guys make of the scene when um, Tommy, Tommy Corn, ethanol, hmm? uh, Tommy Corn and Albert get to the coalition and like they have that whole <laughs> meltdown moment and like Tommy especially has a big breakdown. He's like, you know, those toxic fish, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, Father, Father Flavin. What <laughs> the father? No, not Ribo Flavin. Why would like Father Flavin is his own personal priest? What do you, like why what is with this scene? What is with this is this, do you think it's like 
uh, it's because of the ad libbing. That's what I think it is. So he's he he ad libbed his own priest into the scene, and we all just got that in there. And like he put that in the movie, like we're all supposed to know. Because for years I thought he was saying riboflavin, and I could not be alone on that. Right? I, I had to disagree. I had to Google that shit eventually. And be like, what the fuck is he saying there? Yep. And it's fucking Father Flavin. And I'm like, who the fuck is Father Flavin? <laughs> well, it says David O. Russell would let the cameras roll continuously and let the actors go to town on goofing around and improvising. So I have to assume that's what it was. And he must have liked that take enough that he kept that one in there. And you're right. Well, it makes me wonder Nobody how much would know movie, who the fuck that was. Yeah, it makes me wonder how much of the movie is just complete garbled. Because, I mean, there are, there's a lot of moments where I'm confused here. And it's not because I'm dumb and I don't get philosophy. No, it's because the editor must have been on drugs. There, there I, scenes you know, the like that, yeah. The edit of this movie is all over the fucking place. The scene where uh, uh, Schwartzman goes in, Albert goes in to get his own little file. Like, that whole scene. Like, basically, once he stands up and, like, Mark Wahlberg starts to make, like, that huge scene, which is phenomenal. Like, going back <laughs> to what Mike said, dude. Like, where his eyes get all big and he's like, what? Yeah. He starts like pushing, you know, Brad, uh, you know, yeah. Jude around. Like, oh my god, it's so hilarious! But like that whole scene, like with the like, she's talking about like reptilian. You're being a reptilian self, like, like even like the last thing, like before they leave the the room, you're being a reptile or you know something <laughs> yeah. to that effect. <laughs> like, like that's what like exactly what you're saying. Like, uh, just just let the film run and and let them just say a bunch of crazy shit, and we'll figure it out. in, you know, editing. Yeah, and that comes across. Yeah, what you want? Unless I don't agree with it, and then I'll flip out and swear at you. I love that though. That scene is so great. They're playing the it's whole, so ridiculous. The, the lady before that, that this old Spanish woman who yeah, comes yeah. by once a year. No acetona. Oh, <laughs> How can you not laugh at that, Eric? I, I mean, that's funny. It's so silly. Oh, and like what you're saying, like like Wahlberg's sitting there, and he's like, he's like. I don't understand what, what's going on here. And like you as the viewer, you're like, I don't understand what's going on here. So like, he's like mirroring what you're seeing. And like, cause, cause these people, like they just bring in like this weird shit to like mess with you. Mod call hour. Yeah. yeah he's like, trying to figure out at that point that like these people are full of shit and they're just yeah. feeding me bullshit. And uh, that's and kind that's, of the point, I think, you know, that is the point. I mean, like yeah. so the, they're existential detectives, right. And right. they're pr- a, fairly heavy handed um, metaphor for asking existential questions, right? Every time someone brings them into their life, their life starts to fall apart because they're examining it too closely and it spreads like some sort of virus. And they tell you um, about it. What's that? And they show it to you and they tell you about it. So you, (laughs) they like force you to look at it. And, and they follow you everywhere you go. Everywhere. Right. Please, everywhere. please don't come to my work. You'll make me look unstable. Uh-huh. The first thing they do is come to his yep. work and make him look <laughs> unstable. But, but that's because, like, if you're having these kind of existential dilemmas where you're, like, you know, asking these questions of yourself, you may appear to look unstable. Unfettered access. Unfettered access is always important. And <laughs> no agreement. That's right. You sign the, no, no small moment could be too inconsequential masturbation taking a dump that's what she says so yeah, i love yeah right flossing it's so interesting that that whole scene by the way though with jude law so jude law plays the brad character who's the corporate asshole on the surface at least and he's taking advantage of albert's little world that he's created a, a he i wrote the charter for this environmental mm-hmm. group and but everyone starts to love brad because he works for i assume huckabee's like walmart right is that yeah where, yeah I yeah. mean, yeah, more of a department, like Target. Department, I kinda, yeah, the everything like a, store, yeah. right? Yeah. It's the yep. everything, yep. so yeah. 
Charming. He's charming. He, he charms everyone he meets. And like, that's kind of his character. He's charming. He tells, you know, these jokes and these stories and, you know, and it's brought out like, he's, he tells <laughs> the stories. same story over, over again, where, you know, as a character, you know, he, he, when it's pointed out to him that he says the same damn story over and over again, he, he you know, that's his crisis. Like they, they initiate that crisis in him, which I think is awesome. I, I don't know. Like if we're going to talk about performances, I think Jude Law for me, at least on this last viewing, I feel like he totally kind of stole it for me. Like, um, I used to think the same way, like, like Wahlberg was, was like his performance. I was like, Oh my God, it's amazing. And it is, it's still great. But I feel like Jude law is just so like fluid and like believable in this role of like this corporate douchey guy who just, you know, it's all about image and, and, you know, making it to the next level on the corporate ladder. Like maybe I've been lived that life and I just see it, but like, I mean, like that's so the, the guy, he wants to be president of a company someday. Yeah. What, what what's wrong with that? I never understood why this character this the speech, okay? He's schmoozing clients. Why is it the the fact that he tells the same story over and over again like a bad thing? Isn't that what people do to like schmooze with clientele? No, because the, the he it's compared to his brother, who this brother who's been dismissed in his life or at least they bring it up like, you know, he's some type of disorder it seems like it's gecko fanatic to, yeah, yeah i don't know like maybe autistic. it's autistic or, probably, i don't yeah, know he's gotta be right. on the spectrum he's out of shape you can't you can't be because yeah. he's out of shape that's not a disorder that, so. no no that was clearly a big problem because all he it was all, all they did was just point at him and hey and he's not looking so good it's like yeah. Ooh, guy. dustin hey. Hoffman, yeah he goes uh-oh yeah. dustin hoffman uh -oh. says that like what kind of <laughs> yeah. helping is this it's and i couldn't up. tell like if, if that was because like he was like he just knows brad or if he genuinely thinks yeah that's a good point, actually. Yeah, he may be playing him here because they they know that the only reason he was hired they hired him in the first place was to get Albert all fucked up. So maybe they yeah get, they said give us a little credit later in that scene. So that makes sense. But Eric, the point being is that it's not that he's schmoozing. It's that he's after that Shania story. Shania Twain. First of all, Shania Twain in this movie. The fact that she's a part of it and she actually shows up is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And apparently yeah. Jude Law had something to do with that, getting her involved. But he tells that same story about the fucking mayo, no mayo, and he doesn't even realize how many times he's been doing it because he's been so one-track mind focused on crime in the corporate ladder. And when it's when it's stopped, when everything is stopped, is everything, and it's re kind of expressed to him in this way where it's like, oh my god, I told the story like ten times, ten, twelve times, fifteen times, and he's the way his face changes in that scene yeah. from like. Oh, I'm pulling the geckos. I don't give a shit. Yep. It like, reminds you me. You can't crack me. Yeah. And then by yeah. the end of it, and it's a long, delay, it takes time. But by the end yeah. of it, that same picture I sent of you, Eric, watching this movie, that picture I took on the TV, which is he's sad, depressed. Like he realizes, man, I'm not original. I'm totally boring. And I'm just like the other people I thought I was better than. And it suddenly hits him. And that's what the, that's what I see there. No, I think yeah. you see exactly the, the, the right thing. To me, to me, that whole sequence... And that scene has always been the strongest part of the movie. Um, like that, just just the whole um, peeling back of layers and like his identity, kind of realizing that it's as flimsily constructed as anybody else's, and that like you know that that you that it's all kind of a house of cards, and it all falls apart, and he unravels from that point. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've always felt like this is the the, the strongest point of the movie. But like, 
what about the rest of the movie where you know <laughs> so the, the rest of the movie like um the, the philosophical overtones right um do they work as successfully uh, you know derek i mean obviously you'd be the, the main person to ask here um because i feel like in that scene, all the philosophical <clears throat> stuff works really nicely. And in most of the other scenes, it usually feels esoteric and heavy-handed and uh, clumsy. It, it is. Um, like I said, I'm not. I'm not going to get too bogged down in, in the philosophical. But I loved existential thought when when I was in college, and I feel like there's three characters in particular in this movie that really kind of portray those main three tenets of what I could say of existential thought, like the dilemmas that, that come up over and over again, which you're right. It's very heavy handed. Yeah, in so the, it's in not this an movie. accident that they No, no, it's <laughs> very, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's derivative almost, you know, like, uh, but Vivian, you know, uh, Lily Tomlin's character, she's very down in the, uh, what's your subjective view on the world. What's the things in your life that, that, your, your life, your perspective, your things like tangible things in your life that create meaning or don't create meaning, give you the opposite of that. So here down on earth. And then, you know, Bernard or Dustin Hoffman's character is more of the universal meaning. Like you could, like we're all connected. Everything's all together, you know, and that's pretty heavy handed with the blanket and the, it is. Yeah. And then Katarine is the complete opposite of that, where everything means nothing, which is, you know, everything's despair and absurd. And why are we living? You know, those three different levels or, or visions of existential thought are very, very predominant in, in the school of thought of existentialist philosophy. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me watching this movie again, like now I'm like, oh, my God, like they're so laid out because yeah, so it's that's the thing. Like you, you find your life and like I find meaning in my life because, you know, my family and the things around me. And then Dustin Hoffman comes in. He's like, no, you know, we're all connected. That's the true meaning. And then you have Katarine who just comes in and shits on everything and says everything means nothing and it's all chaos. And, and, and some sort of balance of the three is really the healthiest way to go about exactly. it. And here's a big plastic rock. And everybody need yeah. <laughs> With caution tape. Um, <laughs> you rock, rock. Nobody sits it, like this like rock. You, yeah. Couldn't yeah, they but, find a real rock? I mean, it is filmed <laughs> in a forest. No, no, they couldn't do that. This, this movie's about riffs. It's about riffs, but it's about we're all connected in that way so that's why i think the movie does a good job of that you have this rift between katarina and the two detectives and then they think their process is better than hers she thinks vice versa but then it all comes together because combined you know schwartzman says later on he's like you know hey, are you sure you don't work together because you yeah. know you're too you're, you're too, too dark. dark and you're too yeah. light and yeah. you know bring it all together makes sense and you have the rift between brad and you have the rift between albert so there's all these rifts you have a rift between you know, Tommy and the 9-11, even 9-11 is thrown in here, too. This is mm -hmm. important to make note of this, this couple of years after 9-11. So right. it's still a major, major point 
that hangs over this. So I assume it's in New York area as well, since he's a firefighter and all his buddies. By the way, why would he punch his firefighter buddy in the yard <laughs> if you're supposed to be helping him moving out? Because <laughs> again, that was clumsy editing. Because like out of nowhere, suddenly he's like, hey, take it easy on him, guys. And like, what? none of the guys were talking, but clearly something got cut out. And then like something else like got cut out. And then he's punching him in the face. It's clumsy <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's a tone thing for me. It's so funny. It's so it's, funny. Because he like, just punches him randomly. Like that's the whole point of of like what the Mark Wahlberg character is like. He's just random at this point. Like he's so <laughs> lost in like petroleum this and petroleum that, and like his wife's kicking him out. He's telling his daughter that you know kids your age are working in sweatshops to make this like plastic toy or whatever. Coming in someone's home <laughs> and telling them that Jesus is mad at them that they're a hypocrite. <laughs> Complete stranger at their dinner table. That's the best scene scene in the movie. That is the best scene in the movie. You said the strongest was the office scene, but I think that scene of the suburban lifestyle and these guys, he's just different. Jesus never mad at us if we live in his heart. I love my SUV. Yeah, <laughs> if progress stops, I lose my job. But, it, but and that's I also like, good. I always thought that, to, that they were such house. horrible people. You know, I, th- oh, I thought they're terrible. The terrible. Yeah, they're not great. They're not great. No. But you know what they wouldn't do is they probably wouldn't roll up in someone's fucking house, sit down at their dinner table, and call them hypocrites, and uh, <laughs> and fucking just tell them that their religion hates them and all kinds of stupid bullshit because they're not yeah. all caught up in their own nonsense. They saved but a Sudanese funny. refugee. They saved a Sudanese refugee. Why? That's a good Yeah, but they keep throwing that out. I, I, yeah, I why like is that a fake beard? Why? Why not just have oh, him clean God. so <laughs> fake? Why does he need to be there? Hoffman's hair earlier. Like, also, I, I couldn't get past his beard. When they show up in that house, I sent you guys a picture on the in our group chat. Um, when they show up at the house, there's a kid in the background who has like a like a the mustache and and, yeah. and a goatee for no fucking reason. Like a, a little kid, like a nine year old with like this fucking and it's never explained. It's just there in the background, like. Why? But if you, if you watch the director's commentary, you, you you find out why. Oh, <laughs> I don't care why. Let's get Eric certainly has counter thoughts to this. I, I would just want to say before you say that, Eric, that clumsy editing number five is in that scene at the diner or the dinner table because they're like having the side conversation. And then like Richard Jenkins just blurts out, God gave us oil. You know, it's very strange <laughs> cuts. Again, that would be another sign of supporting your argument. But Eric's. Go ahead. We want to get your side, too. It seems like you have other things to say. Well, Travis, if I'm reading you correctly, and I don't want to put words in your mouth at all, they they handle the... that these tenets of philosophy clumsily? Is that that kind of what you're saying? I mean, I I don't know them as as well as Derek, uh, so I can't make the claims, but it it kind of comes off to me like someone, like, learned a, a little bit about some basic philosophy... And went, oh, what if someone <laughs> personified them? Yeah. Oh, like the like, laws of Athens. I got it. And you like, know, like, you know, like they, 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 it's like, okay. And they wrote the movie and it's like, yeah, it's, okay. yeah I, mean, it I, seems, I get it. I get what you're doing here. It seems cool. Little, like, like Albert's <laughs> clearly like the self, right? And then like, for me, Brad does remind me a lot of, um, Shit, I don't want to do this either, Derek, but I, I have to. Like Sartre talks about the existence preceding essence. So mm. we don't we aren't born like anything. We have to we don't inherently possess any identity or value. So we have to create that for themselves. Yourself, and yeah. for me, that's what Brad does. And yet it's a bad thing. I mean, that's a a, a pretty a, that's a philosophy I kind of intend to agree with. And I've actually kind of lived my life like building myself up out of 
nothing. And uh, I, I don't think that's inherently so, or, or something that I have to fix about myself. That's why I never really liked the Brad character and what this resolution is to him. But you're but, not like the Brad character, oh, are you? Well, I, I could disagree with you, but in terms of... I this, don't see it that way. Well, I'm happy about that. I've done uh, a lot of work trying to prevent you from seeing me a certain way. But <laughs> <laughs> That's probably um, true. But the silly stuff, for me, it, it it flirts with being farcical in its nature, but it doesn't go far enough. I mean, you, you should either go with something like this. You should go like Mel Brooks or like Duck Soup Mark Brothers or... Uh, don't flirt with those elements like like we talked about. It's just totally a little bit weird for me, and that's one of my biggest issues with it. It's 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 too silly to to earn some of those sweeter, more serious moments that it tries to do later on in the film. But that's just me. No, that's fair. There's some pretty silly, absurd things going on. Like I love when Naomi Watts' character like goes through her little bonnet stage, <laughs> and you know tries to still do. There's glass between us. <laughs> well, like, she tries to do those Huckabee commercials, and she's all. So like beautiful. with the, <laughs> the hangers and like dragging them on the ground and like lays down like oh my yeah. god like that's so ridiculous that cutaway is so hilarious that is mel brooks ass funny yeah yeah that like really see funny. that's the kind of stuff you're talking about and i totally see what you're saying like they, they they dabble in all these like different areas and 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 i get it like honestly like on this viewing like i went back to it thinking oh i mean it's i love this movie i mean there, there's nothing that's gonna you know upset me but there was some moments where i'm kind of like it lost me a little bit even in like the reviewing like of the movie where it kind of dipped where how do you guys feel about waiting for it to look, come back how do you feel about looking at jason schwartzman breastfeeding from the nipple was that something that you needed the stubbled breast the stubbled, the male stubbled breast, breast. <laughs> yeah. yeah was that a thing you needed Oof. I don't think anybody tough. needed that. Did you that did was... you need did you need Schwartzman and and uh yeah, mud scene? of you like fucking <laughs> rubbing oh, mud. Mudfuck. Oh no, you need to know that like sex is like basic nature. You they wouldn't understand uh... if they don't rub mud all over them first. Imagine that scene. Imagine filming that scene with <laughs> I know, mud all I over did. your mouth and making out with kissing tongues exposed tongues. to mud fest. And tongues in the mud. mud. There's no faking. That's not a green screen. There's no fake people there. Like, I, I wouldn't have understood that it was like basic nature stuff if you just had him fucking in nature. You got to cover him in mud first. That way I really know that it's like yeah. basic nature. This is, again, this goes back to the open improv nature of this film where they got to just let the cameras roll and do whatever they want. If they were willing to take it to those limits, apparently, I'd wonder, I'd wonder if he like asked wonder, them to do that or if they really like thought to do that because they wanted to take it to the edge. I don't know. Yeah. Schwartzman's like a young, a, hungry actor. Isabel Huppert's a, you know, she's a veteran, I mean, strong actor. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a great question. But I wanted to go back to Eric's point about the the Russell view here. Russell does absurdist comedy mixed in with very serious issues. It's always been that way. Flirting with disaster, it's like it's a bunch of serious issues. Like they're trying to have a baby. He's trying to find out. They have a baby, and they're trying to find out whose parents are, yada, yada. And uh, Silver Lines Playbook, it's very strong, serious mental health issues going on. Yet there's comedy involved because there's funny lines between family and relationships. So there's, they're always going to be intertwined. They don't have to be separate. And that's just, I think that's just the Russell way. I really do. It, it, it's, it's um, a perfect uh, set of ingredients for, for comedy too. Uh, that's why I, I, I will give this some credit because 
there's nothing like this. I mean, there's a lot of movies about existentialism out there, but there's not a lot of it. I don't think there's any existential comedies out there. And uh, especially those that don't, you know, balance all, all these different types. For Sour me, grapes? Yeah, that, that's a pretty <laughs> good one. The, oh, God. Sour grapes. But I got to say, there's, there's, the conflict of the characters, the central conflict of Albert that we're introduced to, it's just... I, it's not there enough to as a catalyst to get me involved in his plight, like at all. So what, there's a you, you mean the whole thing the about the, right? The, the, I, I saw an African man and then I saw an African man and I saw him again. Yeah. Three times. That's a three whole times. So he wants to know if his coincidence is meaningful. He wants to know what? if he's on the right path in his life. Right. If it's meaningful or not meaningful. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I kind of find like that uh, little plot point is is a little thin but it's gonna start somewhere though he has a problem he's seen the same guy he's never met in his life three times he, he in like finds the, two the weeks. you know the card and the jacket and it seems like a sign that's the real catalyst so yeah i i i mean it it's a little thin though like i i get it i mean it makes sense but it's that, but that's thin. the I, that again that might be part of the point is that like you know the, his reasons for going there brad's reasons for going there even don's reasons for you know because brad brings them into her life um like once you open the door to these existential questions it doesn't take much but once you open the door there they are and you know mm -hmm. going through your garbage yeah often you get two <laughs> people making out until they pass out from smoke inhalation i mean that's impressive <laughs> that's real love right there and they found it in that Tension. moment destruction Creation. So does <laughs> yeah. pure being. Where's your pure being now, Tommy? <laughs> Don't forget, he almost killed a woman who he actually had a crush on. They almost yeah. killed her yes. over jet skis. Yes, yeah, that, that point gets glossed over a bit. But well, yeah, Albert yeah, says yeah, he didn't mean happened. to set the whole house on fire. Just He's like, I'm sorry, it spread oh, to the wow. house. <laughs> does Mark Wahlberg's character like leave his wife and kids to? Oh, I mean, why? They, I mean, they leave him. I think. They, yeah, they're already gone. They left. They totally yeah, that, leave him. But he's they like, totally leave him. It's fine. That's something that I that I think shouldn't be glossed over. Like worst dad ever. Like he's so <laughs> hung up on petroleum and like uh, how do you you know live in a world with petroleum and still be a good person and. I love it. He's telling where's his kid the, the truth. Where's his kid, dude? Where's his kid? But, that, but that's the thing. Like, yes, he's telling the truth throughout the whole movie, but that's that's part of the problem. Like, like at the end of the day, like, yeah, we leave footprints in the world that are negative, but, like, to neglect your own child because of your concern for those footprints, you're doing a greater disservice overall. Hey, and by getting hung up and by getting hung up on these, on these things that are, that are worth caring about, but don't let them disrupt your life to that degree. And, and again, like, Oh, okay. I, 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 I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's not like I'm, this is not revelatory to you guys. <laughs> I mean, like it's, uh, I, I, I mean, again, to me, like the movie is a little, it's a it's a little by numbers, you know. I mean, it's it's a little easy to little like. I think it thinks that it's hard to follow, but it's actually really really easy to follow. Yeah, it is. It's, I find some of those reviews like, "Oh, I don't understand what's going on." It leaves the audience in the dark. I'm like, "No, I did you watch it completely?" Because it pretty flows pretty pretty easily. Yeah, yeah things no, are explained to you along yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand the being yeah. baffled by the mud dipping scene, but yes. like, you can, that that still you understand what's yeah. happening. Yeah. And then the like, overall you know, concept is ass with the you know the yeah. way tighties and uh, the thrusting. The, the coat just covers his butt cheeks, so you can't see him. But yeah, perfect. That's a, much. That's a movie for you. But butt cheek. This movie's about 
should we dismantle our realities or not? That's how I see it. And like, could is it worth doing to maybe understand that there is no purpose or there still might be a purpose? Because it's, it won't go one way or the other based on what all the characters end up at. Some characters are lost and they still need to find something. Other characters have found balance. So You find friends and you find some way to not think for like very short intervals and then you're good. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's one way to do it too, yeah. Well, I, I feel like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the point too is that you, you see the end of, you know, Albert's story, um, maybe kind of Tommy's kind of wrapped up, but Brad's still ongoing, you know? So like, you're not going to see the end of that because he's not the main character. But I mean, at some point he's got to, he's got to pick himself up by his bootstraps and be a good American and and get back to it, you know, figure out what his life means and what, you know, who he is. Cause I mean, that's the whole point. Like everything in who Brad was got dismantled and taken apart. How do you guys feel about his accent? Speaking of him being a good American. Slipped a quite a few times if I'm remembering correctly. I've heard worse. I thought it was all right. So. I, I, uh, I didn't it, notice it. it, it, it I don't like notice a, stuff like, like that. Like, like a like a as bumpy as like a Leaky back faucet. road <laughs> with like the with like the weathered had made has made the the fucking thing you know the the dirt it's, it's the whole the, I mean it was just like all over the place like it's his, 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 it's like sometimes like dead on and then like nope full on British and then like dead on and then somewhere else I just found it like the least like the worst accent of his career. How am I not I, myself? I think he does some really good acting in the movie, but like, and but he's done American accents in many movies, and I'm like, why can't he hear? I didn't Maybe think it was that the, bad. It never stood out to me. I thought after the 80th yeah, game, he gave up or something. Who knows? <laughs> I thought it was. I thought. I mean, every, every, like even as a kid, I, I, I thought like, why is he? I mean, what, it wasn't like Wanda or something, you know. I don't. It wasn't that bad. So. I don't know. I, it's it's always stuck out to me, but maybe maybe that's my perception. Well, boy, oh my God, we've been talking forever. Um, any final points before we make our final rulings on this film? Because I, I mean, we covered. I, yeah, I don't know if I understand the methodology of the existential detectives. Because if they're if they're, if they're doing like this scientific method type of thing, they're the, the subjects know they're always around. So what are they really able to detect in terms of of honesty with their their subjects? Well, I feel like that that Brad um, scene is is pretty poignant and kind of explains that but at the same token they do it to the other characters too well at least you know schwartzman like you know you lied about uh where your parents live and, and i don't know I, I my take on it is that katarina worked with them like they were because at the end all three of yeah. them were standing next to each yeah. other i think that was the point was that they almost lied and gave you this falsehood that they're not together to try to show you once you get down to this lower level and she comes in and tells you how terrible life is and existence sucks and nothing means anything you kind of make your way back she said fuckabees brad she said fuckabees so i feel like that's kind of i don't know like that that, that's my takeaway is that they they do dismantle you take apart your life so you can build it back up and the best parts that you had before and create these new ones and, and pick them apart because i mean schwartzman i mean he's Totally ignoring like how terrible his parents are. I mean, that's something we kind of glossed over too. Like his parents, his are own real life mom, Talia Shire, comes in and awful. does a scene with her own son. 
They are awful. Can we just say real quickly, we haven't mentioned like uh, the enormity of this sure. cast is is such that Talia, Tyre, Talia Shire doesn't make it into the opening credits for one. And yep. Tippy fucking Hedren <laughs> is <laughs> wedged Tippy between Hedren. Bob Gutton and Kevin Dunn. Yeah, like, I could not uh, like, I'm like, I'm like, it's Tippy Hedren. And it's not How do you not give her <laughs> Ann Billing, you fuck? <laughs> Yeah, Kevin Dunn, awesome. that's serious. There's that many names. There's that many names. So many names right. in this there's, movie. There's yeah. a lot of people that popped in for this film. There's no doubt about it. But I wanted to say I Naomi Watts was the one that really changed my perspective in this viewing. I, you said Jude Law for you, Derek. Naomi Watts yeah. was... Gosh, she's so her. great with her change of pace and the way that she just <laughs> unravels and... Overall, quickly the, the bonnet brownies the, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she's running around she's putting her ass on the glass it's so funny she's so good i still yeah. don't know what's going on with her jawline it i never understand it what always seems like there's something in there it's pretty weird but <laughs> i've seen it in 21 grams i'm trying to watch a really serious movie and i'm like what is going on in her mouth but i i do know that uh she changed me in this one i i love the Wahlberg all time she did. She she might have moved up to like the number one rank, even though this is my favorite Wahlberg. It's just as Schwartzman. I give a fuck. Like he's kind of annoying in this movie to me a little bit, but maybe that's just me. Uh, he could be a his, that's his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Naomi Watts does make me laugh, but mostly because of how quick. It's the whole thing about philosophy. That's never really how I've gotten into it that much. Like if I'm if I'm anything, I'm like a fan of like this. God damn it, I keep doing it. But like the Socratic paradox means I know I know nothing, so I can never really say anything one way or another. But Naomi Watts is like like that. She's like, here's like one thing that's yelled at her in a fucking kitchen, and she changes her whole life. And I, I've seen people do that in real life, just like glom on to one certain philosophy and try to live like that as much as they can until they can't anymore. Well, and if you watch it, like she's fragile. Like you can tell she's fragile, like yeah. from the very beginning, you know, the very first introduction you get to her, she's, you know, doing her little thing and her little tiny thing. And she's like, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> she was on the brink, like from the beginning of the movie, all it took was like a little like push, you know, that's a great and, point. Yeah, that's for really sure. Beautiful. All this and brains too. Uh, <laughs> all right. So it's time. It's time for us to wrap up on this film. I feel like. It's not as clear to me. I thought this would be clear, but I'm baffled. We'll we'll let Derek go first because he chose the movie. Oh or, Christ! Should we let Derek go yeah, last? Yeah, we no, want Derek to go first. Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah throw me it. under the bus first. Let's see what happens. Set the tone, Derek. <laughs> All right. Um, well, like I said, I mean, there's definitely some points on this viewing that you know I, I tried to do my due diligence and be a be a good little <laughs> guest. Yeah, um, give it a critical eye and not just be like, I'm watching a movie. We appreciate you know? that. So um, there, there was definitely a moment where it kind of lost me and maybe I had a couple of chuckles and I waited for, you know, the scenes that I knew that were coming that I remembered. Um, so I, I feel like on a first viewing, it'd probably give you the same feeling like what? I, I don't, you know, you're kind of losing me here. And then it kind of sucks you back in the end. Cause I feel like the ending is awesome. I feel like, you know, the last like 20, 30 minutes of the movie is just pow, 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 pow. You know, like the, the elevator scene is phenomenal with, with, you know, Jude Law and Schwartzman, like really duking it out and like talking about it. Like, who do you see in this picture? Is that you or is that me? You know, like, like that part, you know, like I'm just like, yep, you nailed it. Like that kind of brings it all back together. So I'm going to say it does hold up for me. Um, 
but there, there's definitely on this viewing, I could see, you know, I always knew it was a quirky movie that not everyone's going to be like, oh, I love this movie, like first viewing or even second viewing or third or fourth or fifth, you know, like I, I knew that. But I feel like, again, the conversation that we've had was kind of the main point that I brought this to the table tonight. And, and, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for having me again, guys. It was great. Thank you very much, Derek. Fuck a bees. Fuck a bees. Of course, Derek. Yes, this is wonderful. We're so glad that you came aboard and you chose this film because it spurred a lot of conversation, regardless of how this turns out. Uh, boy, who's next, guys? We want to switch gears and have Eric go to maybe Fuck. we assume where he's going to go with this? So then... Here, Derek. Picture reminds me a lot of the work of Salvador Dali. I was thinking while I watched the movie. Now, I can absolutely admire the artist, what he's done for surreal expressionism, but I fucking hate Salvador Dali's work. It's disgusting and depressing to look at. But again, I could admire the artist. It's the same thing here. I got a lot of respect for David O. Russell, but this picture is smug, annoying, prosaic, indulgent nonsense. For me, it's a fucking chore to sit through, and it's not worth stopping to analyze, in my opinion. It masquerades as a smart, quirky comedy, but in the end, it's just another masturbatory piece of indulgence from an extreme narcissist and total prick. It's the root canal of 2000s comedies. If you want entertaining existential cinema, watch Solaris or Wild Strawberries instead. Doesn't hold up, never did. Good God. Okay. Oh well, uh, we'll get a root canal on Monday. I'll see if I would uh, prefer <laughs> watching the movie to this. Yeah, <laughs> please let us know. Uh, I'll go next because I know where I stand. It's clear. I've, this movie is really well done because of the idiosyncrasies that Russell always brings out in all the characters in his films. These little things like the the stirring of the teacup. Nobody says a word. I just love those little things. They're like the woman mowing down on that ice cream cone when she's spying on her in the back. I love that. Like, that's what's really going on in the world. We're not like gently. This woman, this is all she has is this fucking ice cream. Yeah. I love that shit. That is, that's what David O. Russell does so well. He exposes us for who we are most of the time. Sometimes he doesn't, but most of the time, that's why I like his work. And this is... You know, I always I love Silver Linings Playbook a lot, but it's probably and I love flirting with disaster. But uh, I think this might be my favorite because of these these characters, and I really like listening to them discuss these things. I don't find it to be a bore. I don't find it to be blasé for me in any way. I I'm really like engrossed, and I've seen this movie many times, and even still, I'm finding new things. I'm seeing characters from a slightly different view. Now, I I like that this movie. You can watch this movie for the rest of your life because as you age, you may see this movie slightly differently depending on what stage of life you're in. And I do. How I viewed it in 2005 is different than how I view it in 2021. And some people might say, well, that will be how it is for most movies because you age and your perspectives change. But specifically with this movie being about existentialism and this like, do I want to have the real world unveiled for me for what it is and then let me make my own choices or would I rather live in like, you know, ignorance is bliss is a classic tale because it's true. And most of the United States chooses to live the ignorance is bliss life. And that's why we have so many problems that we have now. And I see it that way. And that's my opinion. That's why I think this movie holds up. I wish more people would see it and take it for what it is and actually have a conversation like we're having about it. So thank you for this movie. Good call, Derek. Yay. All right. Well, I guess I will go last then. Ah, uh, you know, if you hadn't picked this movie, Mike or I certainly would have eventually. Eric, you were going to watch it one way or another. Um, 
this is the ideal movie for this podcast. Uh, it's something that uh, you know I watched so many times and enjoyed so much, and it always meant so much to me. And watching it this time, you know that 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 music starts and that hallway scene. He's running down the hallway, and it's like life. You know, he's just chasing this e- elusive figure. You know, and he's lost. catches a glimpse of himself. Yeah, and I felt like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I felt so like yes, as a movie started because I'm like, oh, it's been so long. I love this movie, you know. And and I laughed many times as I watched this movie. And and but there's also these moments that you know I just didn't. There's things I didn't pick up on. A lot of which I've addressed already as we've talked. The downright cringiness of the green screen scenes, all the dismantling, um, all that CG stuff of like the the memory or the fantasies and all that stuff. Like uh, I found that all pretty hard to watch, you know, the, the, um, the mud scene for as much as we've already talked about it, like that was rough, but you know, what was even rougher was before the kiss between Wahlberg and Watts is just what? 45 seconds of silence of just two people staring at each other. And then nodding and nodding more and nodding more emphatically. And I'm just like, and, and um, it, I never understood people not liking this movie before. Now I don't understand how I ever liked this movie. <laughs> I turned oh, it off and said, wow. thank God it's over. Oh, Jesus. This movie does not hold up at all. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, I love you, Derek. I'm really glad you picked this. But uh, I, I wow. laughed quite a few times. But mostly, I mean, 40 minutes in, I wrote the note. Did this movie have a rail to go off of? Thanks for coming on the show, Derek. Yeah, it's been uh, great. Thanks, guys. I mean, I like yeah, you. I it's got nothing in. to do with the, you know, I mean, it's, it's you didn't make this movie. So, uh, but, and, and again, like, I'm glad you picked the movie. And I, I went in fully <laughs> expecting to like this movie, you know, but uh, yeah. again, but yeah. I, well, it turns out this, I don't anymore. This feedback was, you know, my trepidation because for, <laughs> for those that don't know me, um, I have a tendency to overthink things sometimes. Yeah, boy. Um, well. <laughs> Well, that was my, yeah. my trepidation for picking well, this once I pulled the trigger. But at the same token, <laughs> I don't really care. It's all good. You know, everyone's got their opinions. And, and I enjoyed just being on this pod and talking life. And yeah, you're not like Eric. You're not going to take means. this like as a personal affront to you. For and, a and there's so much in this movie. I've already been through Memento, you know. <laughs> uh, there's so much in this movie to talk about. I mean, I, again, right. like that's, I mean, that's there's a reason why we've gone an hour and a half now. It's not just because you're here. There's, there's plenty to unpack here, and there's stuff we could still get into. Like, it was a good call. It was a good choice for the for uh, for the for the show. Good um, call. Just yeah, I, I I I I'll see if I watch it again in 20 years or whatever, and see uh, if my opinion has changed. And I'll go on your podcast then and let you know how I feel. About <laughs> yeah, it. there it is. Okay, wow. Well, so I'm glad that we ordered that the way we did. Right, I wasn't. Did I thought Travis would maybe go against it, and that's why I wanted to go last. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure of that. But there it is. It's a tie. It's a two-way tie. You want to break the tie? You could uh, email the show, cinemanipod at protonmail.com, or you can comment on our Facebook page or our Instagram page or on our Twitter feed. We're everywhere. We're always available in all forms. Doesn't matter. The ethereal, the physical. I mean, we're in, we're like the infinity stones. We're uh, available in many different styles and forms. So <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever, but let's wrap up the show with Travis giving us our, sh- our movie for next week. We're back to Travis. What's it going to be Derek? I, you know, fuck man. I have gotten, it's so hard to pick anymore. I I have such a hard time anymore. I don't know what it is. I feel like I've kind of so like, simple. 
I have one choice. I don't know how you guys do it like once a month. I have, I have, <laughs> I have such a hard time picking. I got a few in my head. Some real wild cards. I'm kind of leaning oh towards. I mean, so all right. So wild it, card man. or perfect for the show? Dude, when I tossed out Demolition Man, that was so out of left field, but it was a really fun episode. I mean, the wild cards are fun. All right. I got to look up the, the year for the wild card. You guys are, I don't know if you're going to be happy or not, because I have one perfect for the show, but we're going to oh, go fuck. to 2001. Joe Dirt. Oh, <laughs> Joe Dirt. What? what? Joe you said wild card. You said wild card, Eric. We haven't done a lot of comedies on this show. Um, Joe Dirt. Joe this Dirt. This movie was a comedy. <laughs> this movie, well, I mean, yeah, no, I heard Huckabee's, but I mean, like, slapstick fucking silly comedies. Like, yeah. you know, we've, we've done old school. We we did Wedding Crashers, like, stuff in that kind of line. Other guys, uh, I, you know, I, I felt like uh, mixing it up. We're going to do Joe Dirt 2001. Great. Joe I'm Dirt. for it. That sounds like fun. Look all right. Watching it. As long as we don't have to watch Joe Dirt 2, I'm cool. <laughs> no, we don't. Joe Dirt. Please don't. Like There's the a big difference. So much worse in the second one. Is it? Yeah. Golf difference. Yeah. Well, Derek, what do you think of that? I think that's great. Stab <laughs> um, you in the face with a soldering iron. <laughs> You're looking forward to next week's episode like everybody else. I am. This is very exciting. I'll tune in live on Facebook feed. Or YouTube. All right, buddy. Or YouTube, apparently. We have a YouTube channel as well. You could watch it on your television on the YouTube thing that you Yeah, click. that'd go well It'd with be my that kids. simple. Yeah. You guys just keep the curse words down? Maybe? Yeah. It's, a, it's a kid's <laughs> show. So. I'm really looking forward to, after the show, going upstairs, uh, my wife being like, oh, how'd the show go? Good. We have to watch Joe Dirt tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love I mean, it. It's not too late. The show's not over. I could. I could I no, could. no, no. Joe Dirt. It's done. Joe Dirt. There was another wild card, too, but I'll save that for the next time. Beautiful. Well, Derek, well we want to thank you for joining us, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you, you guys again. I, I'd love to be back. Maybe I'll make a better pick. That uh, you did. Oh, come on. The conversation you know, has you. But maybe we're all surprised at the end that it really holds up. <laughs> I don't know. That's why we do the show. You never know. That's why we do the Cinema Night podcast. Cinema Night Pod. That's right. You look fantastic for your age, I must say. Keep up the good work over there in Denver. Chris and, Evans uh, with the beard. Yes, yeah. very beautiful very man. Handsome, very, very, very gingerly beautiful he is. Thanks, everybody, for listening, watching on the live feed. Oh, real quick, uh, can you answer this question? What beer you were drinking, Travis? Steve Laskowski oh. wanted to know. Uh, swing juice. There it is, Steve. <laughs> swing juice. Swing juice. Swing juice. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Derek. Shania doesn't give a shit. Bye-bye. Fuck a bees. Bye.